Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. I had an opportunity this morning, in fact, just after 10 o'clock to join two of my friends on the radio here on KSL News Radio, Dave uh, Noriega and Debbie Dejanovic. They invited me onto their program, and they were discussing, they were discussing things that uh, have been seemingly demonstrations of tone deafness. You know, either behavior or statements by individuals uh, that really show a an ignorance to the reality around them. I'll, I'll explain. There was a tweet. I saw it uh, early yesterday morning uh, by Jay Williams. Remember that name? Uh, well, he's, he's a ESPN commentator now, but years ago uh, he played for the Chicago Bulls for a short time. If I remember correctly, he got into a, a, some sort of automobile accident, maybe a motorcycle accident, uh, and you know injured himself pretty good. And that was pretty much the end of his NBA career. May, may have came back a time or two after that. But anyway, his, his main goal right now, or his main job, is offering commentary in the world of sports. And he, yesterday morning, uh, after clicking and clacking around on Twitter and the Internet, he found that many of the NBA superstars, members of the 22 teams, which are now down in Orlando, Florida, getting ready to play this truncated season uh, in the in the quarantine bubble, which, by the way, can I just say, I am so excited we're just just over two weeks away from uh, the kickoff of of NBA basketball again, and I'm not the greatest fan. You know, I don't have everyone's stat lines memorized. I don't know where everyone went to college. I don't know how everyone performed two, three, four, five seasons ago. I don't know how much everyone is making. You know, I can't really hang very well in those conversations. Uh, but I do know about competition, and I do know uh, about athleticism, and I do enjoy watching NBA basketball. And I can't wait for it to be back. It'll be another one of those good little distractions from uh, the, the world around us right now, specifically as we combat this coronavirus, staying inside so much more uh, than we would otherwise. Anyway, Jay Williams, he observed that many of the NBA players who have relocated to Orlando have started to, on Twitter, reveal some of the unpleasantness that they are experiencing Unpleasant, it's like, oh, my hotel room is too cramped. Oh, the food I have been served is not up to my typical millionaire NBA player status. And he said, uh, listen, gentlemen, uh, you, you need to not be so tone deaf. 
And I want to share with you uh, some of the words. But I, at the same time, I want to point out, too, that we are, you and I, uh, as we you know, continue down the path of this story, we are observing one multimillionaire lecturing a group full of other multimillionaires. So all of this may be a little outside of our realm of uh, <laughs> you know, understanding. <laughs> I cannot relate to uh, the problems on either side of this issue. But uh, the, the points made here by Mr. Williams are interesting, and I'll share with you uh, some uh, observations of my own in just a moment. So here's the first half of his message uh, Jay Williams delivered to NBA players uh, just yesterday morning. NBA players cannot be tone deaf. My NBA brothers, you cannot be tone deaf right now in this current environment. We all know the life that NBA players live. You are blessed. You get a chance to be in private planes. You get a chance to have millions of dollars in your bank account. You live a different level of life. But that is drastically different than what real everyday working Americans are going through right now. Now, you're in a billion dollar bubble. If you wanna complain about the anxieties you have from COVID related issues, I get it, complain about that. We all have the right to complain about that. But when I hear NBA guys complaining about living facilities, food that they have being delivered to them, it is tone deaf, it is tone deaf. All right. So that's the big point that the, the complaints coming from the NBA players, the multimillionaires uh, who are now for the next uh, stretch of time uh, sequestered away at a Walt Disney Resort that they really shouldn't be complaining because there are those of us out here in the real world uh, who have to face, you know, lifestyles and challenges to those lifestyles that are on a different scale entirely from the uh, extremely first world problems <laughs> uh, experienced by NBA players. You know what I've got to say to all this? Y'all need to lighten up. Everyone involved here. And you, sir, Mr. Williams, number one. <laughs> it's comical to see these postings uh, from Twitter about the oh, the fire Festival-esque cheese sandwiches down there in Florida. You know, it's funny. And I think everyone involved knows that there is a little bit of tongue-in-cheek involved. Everyone knows that uh, when so-and-so from this team or that team posts... <laughs> A picture of a humble or a meager meal, uh, relatively speaking, uh, and complains about it. You know, there is an element of tongue in cheek to all that. All right. So don't don't take it so seriously, Mr. Williams. But I will say you do have a good point. We do need to, as all of this continues, we need to remember uh, that there is a potential pitfall of becoming tone deaf. I, I told you that I was a guest on with Dave and Debbie this morning and we talked about that. They asked me the question. Lee, have you, have you experienced or observed in yourself any measure of tone deafness where my complaints or the things that I have said have been made essentially of ignorance or out of ignorance and without uh, really considering others who are facing a similar situation? And I, I'm, I'm proud to say that I try to stay uh, open-minded. I try to stay, uh, you know, aware of everything going on around me. Uh, but there were two, there were two things that when they asked me that question this morning, Lee, have you been tone deaf yourself? There were two instances where I thought, yeah, you know, I did have to check myself after I kind of expressed those thoughts and almost expressed one another. The first one is, 
you may have noticed that I've kind of dialed down my complaining about broadcasting to you every day from the guest bedroom. The reason for that is I, it struck me that there may be folks listening today as I complain about the woes of broadcasting from the comforts of my own home uh, and not being able to uh, do so with my friends like Amy and the rest of the team uh, at the studio down the street. There are some who don't have the option of working at home. There are some who doubt, who now don't have the option of working. And there may be a measure of tone deafness in me complaining uh, about the circumstance which uh, affords me a, a paycheck and a way to support my family and, and a way to contribute each day. So I'm going to dial that down. And the other one was very simple. Piper had to go to the doctor a little while ago. And as we, her mom and I, arrived, we were told by one of the workers that Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, policy dictates here that only one parent will be able to accompany uh, the child in for the appointment. And the, the appointment was for, for something mild. I mean, we're brand new parents. And so if she sneezes funny, she's going to the ER. <laughs> right. And it was something like that. I, I can't even remember, which speaks to, you know, how relatively minor the, uh, the circumstance was. And so anyway, when I'm told that, I thought, well, that's, that's, that's an outrage. How can you tell me I can't be with my little baby? How can you say that only one parent can go in there? Uh, but I, you know, I obliged and I uh, said, okay, mom, you go on ahead and uh, I'll wait for you all in the car. And when you're done, you let me know and we'll get back together. And as I sat out there in the car, I was, uh, you know, stewing and frustrated and angry. But then, you know, as I thought a little bit more about it and I thought of things in a more relative and contextual sense, I remembered that, uh, you know, these same policies means that there are mothers who are giving birth to babies all by themselves. They don't have their partner's hand to hold during that life-changing ordeal. There are elderly in some of these long-term care facilities who are dying, losing their lives, without anyone next to them holding their hands. There are those going in for uh, incredibly invasive surgery, transplants in some instances, who, in our effort collectively to combat this coronavirus, uh, are doing so without a loved one nearby uh, to hold their hand and rub their forehead and let them know that it's all right. And so I'm going to try to be a little more uh, aware of that type of stuff before I go off with my tone-deaf complaints. And I'll thank Mr. Williams, Jay Williams, even though he was a little a little more stern than, <laughs> than I think is appropriate here. Uh, but the point is, it's important to, uh, to, to never lose sight of the potential of being tone deaf. And the big point is here, I'm excited for NBA basketball in a few weeks.